What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Terry McDougal. She is an executive and career coach, host of the Marketing Mambo podcast, and author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. Terry, welcome to the show. Timmy, thanks for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Me too. I'm super excited to talk to you. So Terry, the show might as well be called Entrepreneurs on Their Deathbed. I like to ask purpose-driven <laughs> uh, entrepreneurs and business builders how they hope to be remembered when they die. When you think about that question, what jumps out to you as most important, so important that it's what you've decided you're living your life towards? Well, my purpose, and it's been a while, it's been a, a, a journey to get here, but my purpose is really to help people unlock their own potential and honestly to get out of their way so that they can show up and stand fully in their, in their full potential. And, you know, I actually, you know, I want to be remembered now for the things that I'm doing, not just like when I die, because, you know, when I see somebody that I'm working with have a breakthrough, it actually has a ripple effect and they start to positively impact people in their lives. And, you know, not to be too grandiose, but like, seriously, I think that when you help people be the best they can be, show up authentically use all their gifts to their fullest potential that we're really making the world a better place and a happier place too. Yeah, I agree. Why is that so important to you uh, or brings you so much satisfaction that that's what you've decided you want to do with your entire life? Well, you know, I think it, it goes back to when I was younger, you know, I, I was first generation college graduate and I was a good student in school and really wanted to be successful in the corporate world. But because my parents didn't, you know, work in the corporate world like, you know, I did when I got out of college, that I didn't really have anybody to guide me to say, like, this is what you do to be successful. And I really felt like a lot of the things that I learned and what I thought would make me successful in the business world didn't work. You know, I was trying hard. I was doing all the things that I felt like I should do. And, you know, eventually I learned through the School of Hard Knocks. I was lucky to have some good coaches and mentors along the way that helped me, you know, figure out what to, to do to be successful. But I really want to help other people not have to go through a lot of the struggles that I went through. And, you know, the self-doubt and wondering if you're good enough and all of that kind of stuff and really be focused a lot more on, you know, plugging up those those holes where your confidence and your energy leaks out, where you're worrying and ruminating and wondering if you're good enough to really maintaining that energy and being able to focus as much of it as possible on the goals. Um, and not not just like goals at work, but also you know, goals for living a happy life. Because for a lot of um, really ambitious people, they will sacrifice a lot personally for the, you know, quote unquote, success. And yes, I, I think I that that can you right there. Terry. Yeah, said success, so many times. What is success? Uh -huh. Well, that's a good question. And, you know, the name of my book is winning the game of work. And people will say like, well, how do you win the game of work? And I say, you decide 
you know, what the rules are and what the objective is, you know, for you. And, you know, a lot of times when we think about being success, being successful in, you know, a business environment, it's about how much money are you making? What title do you have? You know, what it like all of the external trappings of success, right? Like, oh, do you have a second home? Where did you go on vacation? What kind of car do you drive? You know, do you have a corner office? All of those external trappings. But, you know, I actually in my coaching business work with a lot of people that have all those external trappings of success and underneath of it, a lot of times they're not very happy. And, you know, to me, that begs the question that you asked, which is what is success, right? Is success those external trappings or is success something different? And, you know, I, you know, I like the external trappings of success. I like having nice cars and going on nice vacations and living in a comfortable home and being able to educate my children and all of those kind of things. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that we should have to sacrifice joy and personal happiness, like enjoying our lives for those external trappings. And, and it actually, it's, funny that I use that word trappings, because I think for a lot of people, it does become a trap. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet people that will say, um, I am so burnt out on this job. I, I don't think I can do it any longer. But honestly, I don't have a choice. Right? Mm. I don't I have no choice but to continue doing something that I hate. What's the biggest <laughs> reason that you hear that they don't have a choice? Well, because they don't believe that they have it within themselves to shift to do something different. And, you know, very often, you know, when I'm first starting to work with somebody and they're describing, you know, whatever pain point brought them to look for a coach, you know, I ask them, well, what is it that you want? You know, like, what do you hope to get out of working with me? And they'll either say, like, I want to stop feeling bad, or I don't know, like, what I want to be different, or they'll say, I know what I want, but here's all the reasons why I can't have it. Like mm -hmm. a lot of smart people are so analytical that, you know, their heart, you know, or their gut like tells them like, you really would be better off doing this. This is like what makes your heart sing. This is an exciting thing. But then the analytical mind comes in and starts picking it apart of all the reasons why they can't have it. And what I really try to help people to do is separate these things. Like if you have a dream, if you've got a vision of what you want your life to be like, let that live, you know, don't smother it. Don't, you know, come up with all the reasons why you can't have it separately. Let's start brainstorming on how you might be able to, you know, put a roadmap together, or you might be able to, at least evaluate like how big is the gap between where you are and where you want to go and what are some of the obstacles that are in the way between where you are and where you want to go um it's i've had several clients that i've worked with that you know maybe they don't really like the job that they're in and when we start working together they're like well i want to do something different but i i'm just not sure it's possible or i've tried a lot of things and nothing's working for me and, 
once people get to a point where they actually start believing the thing that they want is possible, a lot of options open up. And once they believe it's possible and they start taking some actions, even just to explore it, not to even like try to reach the goal, but to, you know, for example, like, oh, let me see who's in my network that does this thing that I'm interested in. And they start having conversations. I've had people get job offers from a coffee conversation. You know, it, it just, it happens quickly. And it's not, you know, obviously I don't guarantee that. And often I'm like as amazed as my clients are that the thing they wanted actually landed in their lap. But yeah. the one I, thing that- I think almost every job uh, offer comes from a pretty human conversation. Like I they certainly all, don't they want to hire do. people that I don't feel like I'm having human conversations with. That's right. I, I don't either. And that's one of the things when people are looking for jobs that, you know, many people hide behind their computer screen and just, you know, I've had lots of people that will come and say like, oh, I, you know, I've applied to a hundred jobs on LinkedIn and all I got was one screening interview. And, and I'm like, stop doing that. Right. Like, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Um, I'm not to go into a lot of, you know, detail about why that's not a good idea. But the reality is, is that humans hire humans. And, you know, one way to differentiate yourself is actually to show up as human, and not just is, you know, words on a resume, right? Because that, that just is a commodity, you know, but when you're talking with somebody and you're connecting with them on a on a personal level and you're letting them see you and you're curious and interested in what some of their issues are, that's where you make that connection. And you, you know, I think that in any, you know, selling situation, which um, when you're interviewing for jobs, you're selling, right? You're selling yourself. Um, people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Yep. You know? Yeah. And so, so just to, just to pause here for just a second. Um, so this podcast is mostly for, uh, purpose-driven entrepreneurs, aspiring mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, people that are trying to build a company. Yep. But I know that along the journey, you need to have a job <laughs> to make money. So if anybody mm -hmm. is listening and this is resonating with them and there's a career path that they would like to follow while they are trying to build their business, um, a great strategy that my friend James Carberry recommended to do exactly what Terry is describing is create a podcast where all you're doing all day long on this podcast is interviewing the types of people that could hire you. Make mm -hmm. the show all about their expertise. So name the show something that they would feel flattered to be a guest on. For example, if you're going to be hired by, oh man, now I'm going to blank on an example. I'm just going to use the old example. So, <laughs> so uh, oh, you know what? Let's say you wanted to be hired by my company. So you're a writer and you want, to be, you want to be hired as a creative writer for my company. Well, uh, the podcast, uh, you, you would just go, okay, I want to work as a, as a content writer uh, for a company. Okay, who, who hires content writers? Well, the marketing departments of, of, uh, of different companies. So um, you know, the, maybe your, your podcast title could be called The Creative Marketer. Uh, so that's the name of your podcast. And all you're doing is hiring the person or sorry, interviewing the person at different companies who would hire the writer for that marketing team. Yeah. Uh, 
And now boom, you're just, you're just asking those people to be a guest on your show and you are having human conversations with mm-hmm. the type of person who could hire you. This is a really yeah. good strategy. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know that uh, I, I did get off on this tangent about like people getting hired for jobs, but the reality is that if you're in business, you want to be hired for jobs, right? You need to sell your expertise to people. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's very natural for people to sometimes have hesitancy around having, you know, quote unquote sales conversations, you know, and I really think that, um, you know, networking and it is, is probably a more effective way to to get yourself out there. And to your point about the podcast, like where you really want to provide value to people, right? If you're having somebody come on the podcast, you're giving them exposure to a broader audience, right? So whether that's going to help them get business for um, whatever company they work for, or it might help them to get their next job or whatever. Or sometimes Um, you're just pulling content out of them. When you get interviewed, somebody else is pulling content out of you. Yeah. Most, most people in the business world understand the value of that. So like I personally would be happy to be a guest on almost any show because each person is going to ask me a unique set of questions, getting me thinking about unique things. They don't have to have a big audience for me to consider that valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, one of the other things that I've seen a lot of times when people are, you know, developing whatever that goal is for, um, and you know, it's funny because I do, I do coaching. I mean, I, I have coached entrepreneurs. I coach people that are in corporate roles and they want to be more effective. I coach people that are at a crossroads in their career and they're not sure what direction to go in, whether that's get a job, start a business, you know, retire, whatever, or I coach people in, in job search. And the, the approach is the same regardless, right? Like the first thing is let's get clear on your goal. And a lot of times when people have lofty goals and especially if it's something that they've tried to do themselves and they haven't had success yet, um, that they will, you know, like I was saying before that they'll sort of like overanalyze. Is that the, is that the right goal for me? Is that too much? Is that, Um, And that's natural. Like, you know, we all do that to try to protect ourselves from disappointment. Um, But and you know, part of my role role is to help people realize that you're going to survive if you get disappointed, but you're never going to get the thing that you want unless you believe it's possible. Um, And so getting clear on that and then starting to, you know, let's develop the roadmap and start taking action. Like once you're on the path towards that goal, you might decide that, you know, you want to take a left turn or that you want to, you want to like adjust your goal a little bit. And that's okay. I mean, often that leads us to a better place than what we thought we wanted to begin with, because, you know, when you're far away, you think, oh, that would be great. Um, And then the closer you get, you're like, well, it's not quite what I'm looking for. Right. But once we get moving, it, it gets us to a good place. Yeah, I agree. I originally thought that I wanted to work in an animation studio uh, in my 20s. That's what I was like. That is what I mm-hmm. want to do for a living. And then I realized probably because of ADHD, but I, I view it as like an integral part of my personality. It's very hard for me to sit still and do one thing for longer than mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. And 
you need to be able to do that to work in an animation studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I think the other thing that happens is that, you know, people will sit in a place and they'll say, I mean, like, so you, you discovered that, right? Like when you were like further away, you're like, oh, that's so cool. I love animation and I would love to be part of creating that. And then probably you explored it and you realize like, oh, this is going to be sitting in a darkened room and, you know, being very meticulous about making these small changes. Um, and it takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. And you, you realize like, okay, that's not really aligned with who I am as a person. So how do I find something that fulfills that creative desire, you know, that's, that's not going to require me to do something that's going to be super painful for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually think that once you start talking to people, like I will always say to people like, okay, you want to do something or you think you want to do something, find somebody that's doing it and ask them, what's it like? What, you know, what path did you take to get there? What do you like best about it? What do you not like about it? Have you ever seen anybody in my, with my background have success in your um, industry or in your functional role? Um, because you can get a lot of insights. Like a lot of times people have, um, I'll just give you an example that when I worked in the corporate world, part of what I did and also what I was responsible for making sure happened was events. So we did lots of events at the last place. And I actually going back to the beginning of my career, I always was involved in, um, event marketing and, a lot of people think that that's a really glamorous type of role because, yes. you know, you're so like in these. That feel that way. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, a lot of times you're traveling. You know, we did events. I I worked in banking, and we were dealing with very you know business owners and CEOs and stuff like that. So we would do events at like really top notch resorts and that kind of thing, and you know, go to nice places. And you know, I I'm in Chicago. Go to Arizona in the winter time and. You know that that's nice right like you're going doing big golf outings and all of that but a lot of people that think that they want to do that don't recognize what the reality of it is it's you know a lot of times and like i can remember going to you know florida in the winter time and you know for a multi-day conference and being stuck in a windowless ballroom you know from like 5 a.m till midnight every night you know running around serving the needs of our attendees right i mean doing all the things that we needed to do it's not i mean you're lucky if you get to stay an extra night and have a nice dinner out while you're there and enjoy it but like a lot of times you're not really seeing the destination except for in the you know cab from the airport to the hotel yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and so if if you think that like oh i'm going to be hobnobbing and you know flying to all these glamorous destinations Yes. And then you're not going to see any of it until <laughs> you go back to the airport. Yeah. I think you've got to move uh, continually through life. I think you've got to move towards the types of things that, that really draw you, that really like you feel like they're calling out to you and then constantly be evaluating what's going on inside to go, is this really making me happy? Is this mm -hmm. really making what, like you said, my heart sing? Um, when I think about what the question of what is success I hadn't really thought until this podcast episode to try to come up with what feels right as a definition that would apply to more than just me. Cause I could tell you what I think success is for me, but like mm -hmm. what about a definition that's broader than just me. And I think it's when you feel fully alive 
in yourself in, in like that what you do causes you to feel fully alive that it matches who you are mm -hmm. uh and secure that you feel secure uh and, and and security is all all kinds of different things but like you can feel fully alive but also be really worried about tomorrow <laughs> and i don't know that i would call that mm -hmm. success you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean to me i feel like success is feeling like you can show up as you are be present and you know use your gifts without fear um yeah. And, and I think that when people do show up as they are and feel like they can be seen for who they truly are, that I, honestly, I don't really feel like there's anything better. But unfortunately, you know, what I've seen a lot of times, both with people working in, you know, corporate environments, but also business owners, is that sometimes like they tell themselves things like, you know, oh, well, if I, you know, I'm really, really clear about my expectations with my employees, they're going to think I'm a bitch. Right. And, you know, how do you shift that to be like, look, you have certain needs, you need to state them and feel, feel confident like that. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to show up and ask for the things you need or show up and be the person that you are. Um, and, you know, I, I think that uh, just for myself, when I, made the shift from corporate to having my own business, I felt like a lot of the, you know, shackles of how I felt like I had to show up in the corporate world were lifted, right? Like now I can do whatever I want to do, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, it's just, you know, how good of a boss am I going to be to myself, which sometimes that's like a different struggle. Like what do we tell ourselves, you know, about what's good enough or, um, you know, uh, can we be clear about the things that we need to do differently to get the results that we want to get? Yeah. And that can yeah. be, that can be tough sometimes. Terry, I've got a for fun question for you. I ask yeah. this to everybody. I'm a kid's book author. I believe that part of leaving a legacy is reaching the hearts of kids. What's a topic uh -huh. or idea you'd make a kid's book about if you could? You know, I would make a kid's book about, um, being okay with who you are and recognizing that you have gifts that nobody else has and that, you know, it's okay to just be you. That's actually a gift to the world. Love it. Love it. Terry, thank you so much for being on my podcast. How should listeners connect with you? Well, um, Timmy, they can find me at my website at terrybmcdougal.com. I'm also active on LinkedIn and my handle there is Terry B. McDougal. My podcast is at marketingmambo.net and all of the podcast platforms. And if anybody's interested in my book, Winning the Game of Work, it's available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. Love it. Thanks for being on, Terry. Thanks so much, Timmy. Mm -hmm.